to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Do, Do not, not adjust, adjust your computer, computer screen. screen. It's your, your mind we're changing. Stories set to a theme. Think outside. Universe Box. From the heavens to your ears, this is Universe Box, and please note the fire exit to the back of the podcast. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie D. Simone. And the show must go on, as they the say. The show must go Despite on. Despite any technical errors or anything, the show must go on. <laughs> I don't on. care if you fall and break your ankle, you are going on that stage, <laughs> Mr. Meeks. Yeah, and if uh, if, if you uh, caught the uh, song right up at the top of the podcast, that was my my uh, college production of Rocky Horror Picture Show, or the Rocky Horror Show, rather. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. A uh, little dance solo I did there. You might want to check out the video version just to uh, check that out. So, Amory, what's in the box this week? <laughs> well, today in the box, theater! Do I theater. Do I? Do I? No, what maybe, maybe. Maybe no. you might have a camera. No maybe. camera. That's okay. That's okay. So yes. we have theater. Yes, uh, this week we're talking what about theater it? with an R-E, thank you very much. <laughs> we'll pop open the Wonder Box to analyze the classic mockumentary Waiting for Guffman. Then we'll call Jason in the Memory Box to talk about our college theater days. Next, we'll pull out some questions you've submitted through the Idea Box. And finally, we'll enter, enter the Box Theater to teach everybody a little theater etiquette, which is always good because you, you need to we need You have to know what you're getting in for. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in the theater and everything, for sure. For Absolutely. Sure. Let's make this happen. Let, let us do make this happen. <laughs> let us do okay. make this happen. Well, I guess we'll go ahead Let's and get... bring, bring in our guest, my old college roommate, uh, Jason George. JG, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you guys tonight? We are. Good. We're doing good. Minus the random technical fails and Whatever everything. I think happens. we're doing okay. 
But, but isn't that typical for the theater show? It really is. It is. And, it is. And isn't that, I mean, isn't that just appropriate? That's great. <laughs> that is completely appropriate. Yeah, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of uh, stories later on about, you know, Technical overcoming... flubs. Bad, yeah, flubs, just in general, I guess. But before... Before... Before we get started, I'll take a drink. And I thought it would be a good idea, since it's the theater episode, if we all did a, a few uh, vocal warm-ups. Okay, vocal warm-ups. Which, warm-ups. you know, you tend to do before a play or before a rehearsal or whatever. Usually musicals. I didn't have to do so vocal I can, warm-ups. I can remember three. Uh, so I'll do the three I know, and then if you guys know any, uh, we can do them too. Okay. Okay, so the first one's a tongue twister. Okay. And so repeat after me. Okay. Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. Moses. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try this again. Moses this supposes, supposes his, his toes, toes are roses, but Moses, Moses supposes erroneously. Let's try it one more time, a little faster. Hey, you Mos- can join in over there, by the way. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. All I've got is Moses toes and uh, erroneously. Yes. Let's try it okay. right. Try it uh, another time here. Okay. Moses, Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. Oh. Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. Okay. Oh, okay. I think that's good. Okay. okay, you guys kind of sounded kind of creepy there. <laughs> that last time. We should have been staring. Hold on, let's do it staring at the camera, okay? Moses, Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. <laughs> Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. Also, I'm wearing tights. Oh, goodness. And it was hidden Purple by the lower third. You can't see his tights. You Hold can on. see my tights. You can barely. I just kind of hopped in there on the Moses roses. <laughs> you know, like, Moses roses erroneously. Okay. Uh, the next one is a uh, a singing one. Okay. okay so uh, <clears throat> this one, I'll do it once and then we'll try and do it together. Okay? Okay. And my voice is already shot, so this is Score. a catastrophe. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, <clears throat> butterfly, 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 flutter by, flutter by, flutter by, flutter by. Okay, you guys got that? Pretty simple, right? Okay. Okay, let's do it in three. Oh, I'm Jay- reluctant to sing, guys. So I am I. Carry a tune in a bucket. Hey, neither can, neither can I, and I just did it. So <laughs> turnabout's fair play. Don't worry, my off voice will uh, completely mask your off voice. Don't worry. Okay, so in three. Two, one. Butterfly, 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 flutter by, flutter by, flutter by, flutter by. Very good. Okay, I had to listen to the. You guys do it together. Then. Okay, one more time. Okay. Staring at okay. the camera for creepiness. All right. Okay. Butterfly, 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 butterfly. JG just has like a slight delay, which makes it sound hilarious. I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. And the next. That wasn't the delay. I was just slow. He just has no musical timing whatsoever. It's cool. I got no rhythm. Okay, well, JG, why don't, is a dancer. Why, don't, why don't you, do you know any vocal warm-ups we could do here real quick? Well, I remember one we did in high school. Um, it was, it was a, uh, you know, enunciate the consonants, spit out the words, round all the vowel sounds or else you'll be a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do, give, give that to us one more time. Okay, if I can remember it again. So, see, I have to think about it real hard when I do it. Okay, you know, it's enunciate the consonants, spit out the words. Round all the vowels, sounds or else you'll be a nerd. Okay, I think I might be able to do it this time. Okay, third time's the charm. You okay. ready, Emery? We're uh, gonna try. I'll it. give it a shot. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> ready? Okay. Yeah. Enunciate the, the consonants, spit, spit out, out the verbs. Oh, something Round all the vowels out and in. Nerd. 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 Perfect. Nerd. Yeah. We did it. 
Okay, we're all vocally Nerd. warmed up now. So I guess we should go ahead and uh, get into our first box, which is... The Wonderbox. The Wonderbox. Now it's time to find out if we'll rediscover the wonder we felt from our favorite movies and TV shows in The Wonderbox. This week we're offering a penny for your thoughts and a dime for your dreams. If there's an empty space, just say a line. That's right. We're talking about waiting for Guffman. Uh, now, Amory, why, why don't you get us started with our, our rhyming uh, movie summary? God, Corky just wishes he could put on a show. Does Blaine have the budget? He doesn't know. A Broadway producer is coming to town to turn the lives of our cast members around. The book is okay, but the acting is rough, man. Those folks on the stage are waiting for Guffman. Guffman. Guffman! 2015's premier superhero, Guffman. Guffman. Uh, (laughs) Oh, by the way, JG, uh, just so you know, in the video version, uh, since uh, we don't have a live video feed from you, what we've done is we've positioned (laughs) Corky in between me and Anne-Marie, and and we're just going to pretend he's you. You are Corky. (laughs) I'm honored to be Corky. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I – well, usually I start this out by asking everyone what they think about it. But – well, actually, yeah, Anne-Marie, because Anne-Marie had never actually seen Waiting for Guffman before. So (gasps) what what did you think about it over – I know, right? Everybody was curious how I made it out of Westlip without seeing it 700 times. Mm -hmm. Um, It made me want to go put on a show. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I miss the bad, crazy acting. Let's go do this. <laughs> Come on, Judy Garland. Let's uh, get some methamphetamines and go put on a show. Whoa. Reference to uh, Andy Hardy movies, if, okay, if you guys know okay. them. Uh, but uh, JG, you've known this uh, movie for quite a while, right? I, I, in fact, I think you might have introduced me to this movie, if come to think of it. <laughs> I, I might have. Uh, I actually sent you an email regarding my first viewing of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, which we, we, posted as a, we posted as a blog post. Oh, okay. You're on the internet. So. Yeah, but you can so you can go ahead and tell the story extemporaneously if you want. If you want to check out the full blog post, universebox.com. All right. It, basically, it went like this. When I was a senior in high school, my friends and I were really into trying to find really bad movies mm-hmm. and, and watching them, you know, unintentionally funny movies. Uh, and what happened was, to give you an example, the, and the one I gave in the email was the movie Jack Frost, but not the one with Michael Keaton. The one that's got like the hologram cover of the killer snowman. Oh, yeah, sold, the horror one. <laughs> yeah, what sold us on it was the fact that, you know, the snowman was killing somebody in the shower. You know, think about that a moment. Uh, but anyway, uh, the guys rented Waiting for Guffman because the cover looked absurd because Corky's like wearing the beanie and like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they watched it without me. And then, they, and then they got a hold of me and they're like, Dude, we like found a movie that's actually great. Like it's not bad at all, and you have to see it because I was the only one in this circle that did theater, watched it, loved it. Like I mean, absolutely loved it, and um, I've probably watched it a million times. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, you know. No. Just, I, I mean, and that's just with me, and we haven't seen each other in like ten years or something. <laughs> Right, and, and this movie led me to like loving everything that Christopher Guest does, like uh, Best in Show, uh, my particular favorite, Might, A Mighty Wind. Mm-hmm. But I mean, anytime Fred Willard comes on the screen, I, I laugh. I mean, he doesn't even have to do anything; he just stands there and like smiles, mm-hmm. that that grin, you know. <laughs> oh, just, just that that doofy grin. 
<laughs> I love it. And it, it, it's, it's been great. I mean, we quoted it and quoted it and quoted it. I mean, you know, we were like mm-hmm. wrote lines from it on the placemats at the big boy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, all kinds of stupid stuff. We love, I mean, I love it. Just love it. Oh yeah. It's such a good film. And if you hadn't guessed, I enjoyed this movie too. Yes. Uh, yes. But I, I guess we'll go ahead and start in the main discussion here. Now, one of the first things that really uh, struck me, uh, both watching it originally and rewatching it uh, yesterday was just how many sort of like small real theater moments there are in the movie. Just like these yes. little things where if if you weren't if you hadn't been uh, on the, the stage, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily catch or realize. Mm-hmm. But just a, a, f- a few things that I wrote down here that caught my attention. The first thing was them going hubbub, 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 hubbub on the stage. Exactly. Which is something that uh, feels so ridiculous to do anytime you have to do it. Just like make I always it. did real words. Yeah, we, we. I always had random little conversations mm-hmm. or said explicatives about the people's feet. Yeah, I, I know a lot of times a, a mutual friend of all of ours, uh, ju- me and Justin. To McConaughey, we would always try and make each other laugh as much as possible. I can see that. I but, can see that. <laughs> but I, I, another one that kind of struck me, just because it was so specific, was I can't get past the cow. I uh, when when I, Eugene I Levy's that. trying to edge his way past the cow and everything like that. I, like, but how do I get past the cow? Like, there was just so much time wasted in rehearsals, spent figuring out how to do stupid minor things like that. Like, oh, let's take two hours and figure out how I should take a sip of this drink so I don't dump it out all over the stage. Or, you know, something <laughs> The like amount that. of time it took me to learn how to knit so I could knit properly on stage. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm. think uh, Mita, our mm-hmm. tech director, pulled me like three or four weeks before we opened and was like, this is how we knit. Mm-hmm. And made me practice with her like every week so that it looked real because it had to be real. I, I know in high school uh, for our, our town production, I played Dr. Gibbs and we actually had to do like a whole like 45 minute rehearsal on uh, miming unfolding a newspaper while the prop person did it off stage. Like oh timing my gosh. it out and stuff. Oh. Well, it's funny you say that. I mean, in high school, I I was in a production of Grease, and I played Sonny. And during the big rumble, you know, everyone at the Burger Palace boys, they all have a weapon. And Sonny's weapon was a zip gun. Mm -hmm. Well, naturally, a bunch of late 90s kids were like, what in the world is a zip gun? Mm -hmm. So Ray... uh, the late great uh, Ray Figler, who was my uh, psych and history teacher, and he played sax in our pit band. And he he was an older school guy f- uh, from New England, and he basically one day gave a demonstration on what a zip gun was and how basically it was a homemade gun that fired a twenty two round. And we were like, this could really kill someone. Like I've got the most <laughs> hardcore weapon on here. Like you know. Mm-hmm. And, and he, and he spent, you know, I mean, I swear it was 20 minutes just explaining the history of it and how you build one. And I'm glad we were good theater kids because it maybe would have given us some ideas. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so, so the little things you learn and the things that uh, like that and, and the little minor details, because, I mean, I'm carrying this gun around on stage and I have no idea what it means, mm-hmm. how it works. Mm-hmm. And finally, I asked, and well, the director said, "Well, let's have a little uh, a little uh, history lesson on the zip gun." <laughs> so, yeah, nice. There you have it. Nice. Yeah, and uh, a couple other things that were just like felt very real to me. And uh, actually, JG, uh, we'll probably be uh, we won't focus on it right now. But uh, losing someone opening night, uh, or almost losing somebody opening <laughs> night. Do you remember Rocky Horror when we almost lost the riffraff? Uh, yes, because I was the stage manager, and two days before the show, they were doing costume fittings with mm-hmm. me. As I had already established, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Yeah, I, I was going to say, we have established that you can't sing at all. Nope. But you're going to have to do the most vocally challenging <laughs> role well, in the entire show. Yeah, the, the hardest 
role in the show mm-hmm. as far as vocals go. Yeah, and I... uh, it was pretty terrifying. They're like, we'll get you an excuse from all your classes and everything, and we'll just work with you all day. I'm like, won't help. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe uh, I, not to name names or anything, but I believe uh, some something had to be worked out with law enforcement uh, to get Riff Raff to the show for, for several nights. And uh, the one other thing that kind of felt like very just very theater to me, like very much my theater experience was uh, the Ron and Sheila characters, Fred Willard and uh, Catherine O'Hara, just because they're actors who aren't necessarily really good, good at what they do, but they have a presence in the local theater scene and they've been there for so long that they just end up in every show because no one can turn them away anymore because they've I don't know stayed after to count the money or yeah. strike the set or whatever. We know these parts. We know yes. these parts. They're we awesome. We, they are <laughs> so awesome. Like, they're my favorites. I mean, Eugene Levy's Doctor Pearl is also pretty excellent. But mm-hmm. but Ron and Sheila, I also mentioned them in my uh, email to you. Mm-hmm. Awesome characters. Love oh it. yeah, for sure. And I I I, I love that uh, he gives her notes on the performances. Got tip. Uh, never do that. You should never give a fellow actor notes. No. Well, I guess maybe if you're working a scene together, maybe you'd be like, hey, can you try yelling that line or something? Maybe. I mean, maybe if there's not. Yeah. I was going to say, if there's no director or stage manager present, Mm -hmm. sure. And be like, hey, you're stepping on my toe. Don't do that. Like, that's fine. But yeah. And and the fact that she was like mouthing his words (laughs) in an audition. Love it. Uh, Extensive notes. Two, three hour sessions. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, and uh, just uh, one line I jotted down here, mainly because I remembered how much you loved it, JG, was just like, uh, strike it. Uh, We've done a few shows with Corky, so we already know the terms going in. right off the bat at the audition. They're so cocky about things that they shouldn't be cocky about. Like, oh, strike it. Strike it. Strike it. Yeah, didn't we used to yell that at each other across the dorm room, like, strike it. Yeah, yeah, just random things. All this chair, strike it. Oh, I've done some shows with Bill. I know all the terminology going in. Like, and like, that's a term you can learn from like watching primetime television. Mm, Like, you know, like, you don't, you don't have to have any theater uh, experience to know that strike it means move it, take it off, take it away, make it go away. (laughs) Okay, so as a first timer. I fell in love with Corky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> naturally, naturally. How did you not? Okay, first of all, the burning of the newspaper just for the effect. I was like, <laughs> in backdraft, the music back, backdraft, and, 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 then, and then like with the headlines, like local theater burns, nearly burns down, or whatever. Like. Yes, that was quality. His collection in his store at the end. I was like, how many Anthony Mike Anthony Michael Hall dolls do you need, dear? Um, yeah. What's the running price on uh, that? Oh, here, this is I, my remains of the day lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> my dinner with Andre action figures. Uh, no, I, I will just. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. I was just going to mention to people watching this if you're watching this on YouTube and you're trying to chat over there, we're not over there. Uh, just so you know, uh, oh, yes. we're at. Now uh, we record this live Thursday nights at 8 30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com with our own IRC chat. I just wanted to thank uh, Scotty Rowland thank you, for setting Scotty. that up and everything. I, I think that's working out well, and that'll allow you guys to stay in there and chat after we're done with the episode, too. But sorry. Which is a big complaint from the audience. <laughs> the storytellers are like, the chat has ended. I have four more hours before I feel like. 
like sleeping. What shall I do? But uh, you had a point you wanted um, to get to The anyway? rest of the point, um, I love his lofty dreams and his lofty budget mm-hmm. and the fact that he actually proposed getting that amount of money from such a small <laughs> city. They're like, uh, no, no, not mm-hmm. happening. Um, I mean, they all, they all had everything built into the budget and that includes swimming. Yeah. <laughs> It's swimming. It's swimming. Uh, yeah, it was some ri- ridiculously low amount. It was like fifteen thousand dollars or something. It was fifteen. Yeah, right. That was fantastic. Um, and how he just he just took the stage when that cast member was forced to quit by his father. I was like, that is good. Good on you. I'm sorry your pants don't fit, sir. <laughs> I don't know. I just loved Corky. He was precious. I, I loved it. And I, I got to get back to backdraft for a moment. The one <laughs> random dude when they're interviewing him, he's like, I can still feel the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Love that movie. Love it so much. Oh, yeah. It's just such a good film. I, now, I I kind of view, viewed it a little bit in a different light. Like, I, I don't know if you've been uh, listening uh, too much, JG, but I, a lot of times what I've been doing with these is I've kind of been approaching them like we approach, like, Once Upon a Time on ABC or Gotham on Fox and our other podcasts and try and, like, think of, think of, kind of watch them a little bit like I'm watching them for the first time, try to see new things, see new dynamics that I might not have seen before. I, I I've did, been listening. I, I'm aware. Excellent. I like it. I like it. Excellent. I, I won't. I, I'll cancel the assassins then. Perfect. Assassins. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, so that's why that red dot just. That is. That's that dot yes. right there. Just right put away. Yes, that was not okay, a bindi. Okay. That, that was the laser sight. Okay, but uh, anyway, so I, I, I saw something in the movie that I hadn't seen before and actually has a bit to do with Corky. And, and that's uh, – I, I kind of saw some maliciousness in Corky this time around. Now, uh, first of all, I think Corky isn't so concerned with the show being a big hit or anything for him to get his big break. He's concerned about being the star of the documentary that's being shot yeah. about the play. You can, you can see that a lot, like him just trying to sound smart for the camera and you know, him, him trying to position himself between other characters and the camera when they're doing like more of the cinema verite oh, kind of shooting and that. stuff. Yeah. That's really interesting, Bill. I never thought about that. And I've seen it a, a million times, <laughs> like I've established – yeah, no, it, I've never thought of that. That's really cool. And it, it kind of led me because uh, when, when the music teacher uh, starts trying to uh, kind of step in there and wrest control away from Corky, he, it, I, I, I think – and that's when Guffman happens. I think he invents Guffman there. I think Guffman's completely fictional. And the Corky invents Guffman to ensure that he'll stay in front of the cameras because he doesn't want the music teacher there. And so once that works and things are progressing to pace – I, you know, and he goes and he tries to get this budget, this extra budget and everything. Mm -hmm. I think he asked for such a ludicrous amount to make sure that the board can turn him down to increase the drama within the documentary, (gasps) thereby increasing his character appeal because he is the put upon director who the town won't finance his play. Oh. And uh, so, you know, he he knew they'd ask him back eventually because who else is going to do it, right? Right. But it it created some drama to kind of give his character play within the documentary. Now, I admit that, you know, the guy who comes in and sits at the seat at the end or towards the – during the musical part who they think is Guffman and, you know, Corky bringing him back there to meet the cast like he is Guffman and the telegram coming up and everything could blow a hole in my theory. But then again, I also think that Corky is just the kind of sociopath who would – who would fix it? Who would who would hire the guy to come in and sit in the chair and send the telegram to the himself? I don't even know necessarily if they hired the guy. Maybe he just came. In I think he just he just came in accidentally, and he had to bring him back because they were all like, "He's here! He's here! He's here! He's here!" Mm-hmm. He had to bring back whoever was in that chair. Yeah, it didn't matter whether you know it was little Susie's cousin. Like he was bringing that person back. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where it was just like I started to see this sort of different dynamic to the movie, which I hadn't seen before. So I, I thought that was interesting. Any any uh, thoughts on that, you two? I well, I, 
first of all, I think the music teacher doesn't really uh, uh, try to assert himself too hard. I mean, he's just kind of like, I think we should work on the music a little bit more. <laughs> 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 you know, and like, but like Quirky totally overreacts. So mm. I, I think it's interesting that you say that because, you know, watch watch that scene again. Corky really goes over the top there. You know, like, come on, dude. I mean, he's trying to be very kind. Like, actually, this soft-spoken, you know, this guy, you know what I mean? He's, mm-hmm. he's not really trying to be obnoxious, and Corky really blows it up. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I don't know. There might be something to that, Bill. Um, but I kind of agree with Anne-Marie. That does seem kind of like, you know, I, the guy was just accidental, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he just wanted that balloon for his kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, <laughs> which, if you watch that again, I think the kid that he talks about is way too young to have a balloon. It's a newborn! Yeah. A newborn baby. Yeah, a right. newborn does not get a balloon. <laughs> That's right. A newborn baby. <laughs> you know, like you don't give a newborn baby a balloon. I barely know? give my seven-year-old a balloon. <laughs> yeah. So I, right, right. Like, like I, I definitely think that uh, probably the original, the interpretation that most people take away from the movie is correct. But I thought that was kind of a different, uh, interesting way to look at it. And you know, if if that was the case, it would kind of cast uh, the character of Corky in a slightly different light. Slightly different, yeah. You know, but uh, I like it. Okay, so my next point is I love the magic of theater that you definitely see in this because mm-hmm. that morning they're still they're still putting the set together and working on blocking, and someone calls and quits, and by the evening it's a perfect production. There's no problems for anyone. <laughs> Minus right. trying to right. get the alien through the door. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it, of course, you know, Dr. Pearl's lazy eye. <laughs> you know, you, you'd think they would have addressed that sooner. You would think, <laughs> but he couldn't wear the glasses. It was 1890-something. Uh, mm-hmm. When they're like, Blaine Fabin, what's your keen and perceptive eyes? <laughs> you know, guys. And he's stumbling around the the aforementioned cow. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just it's just great. You'd, you'd think that they would have done something about that sooner, but you're absolutely right. Everything kind of goes off without a hitch. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's just absolutely perfect. I'm like, you were down a cast member seven hours ago. There ain't no way. <laughs> right, right. Nice. Okay. That Johnny Savage, I knew he was bad news. He came into my store one time and he tried to steal my stamp machine. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Okay, well, uh, we're going to get back to talking about this in just a second, but actually uh, our good friend Rebecca sent in a little video. Uh, if, JG, if you could mute yourself, by the way, for just a moment. Uh, we're going to play it. this uh, video from Rebecca with her thoughts on Guffman, and then we'll be back to talk about it a little more. Hey, Universe Fox. Heard you were talking about waiting for Guffman, and it made me want to come down to the DQ. Just get a Coke. Just get a Coke. My first memory of Waiting for Guffman was when I was in high school, and a friend of mine was like, oh, you got to watch this movie. It's so funny. So <laughs> one weekend, we went down to the Blockbuster video and rented the VHS of Waiting for Guffman, and that was my first taste of Corky St. Clair and his troupe of actors. And it's been one of those go-to movies for me ever since when I want to laugh. Waiting for Guffman is one of my all-time favorite movies. It is an underrated comedy, and as funny as it is, I think one of the best things about it is that it's a bunch of people who get together and they make something happen. They make their dreams come true. They all live out their dreams of being on the stage, and not a lot of us do that, and I think that's really cool. So no matter whether Guffman showed up or not, those people, that group of actors actors if you were to call them that they achieve their goal and achieve their dream and i think that's a really cool part of the movie but so funny so funny so i'm paying homage to it at the dq 
Okay, so like Rebecca was talking about with the uh, whole Dairy Queen thing and everything, oh, I, Dairy Queen. I, I kind of uh, found a lot of sympathy in this movie for Libby Mae Brown, uh, Parky, Parker Posey's character. For one, I think she's probably the most tragic character in the whole thing, because while everybody else is super delusional, uh, she's just inexperienced. She's of, young. Yeah, exactly. I, out of, Naive. But, Naive, mm-hmm. yes. I, I definitely think that out of all the characters, though, she's the most most likely to make it if she tried. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, Agreed. yeah. And I think she kind of sees it too because as soon as she realizes that Guffman's potentially going to show up, mm-hmm. she immediately quits her job at the DQ and everything. That's that they insane. Mentioned. I thought that was completely crazy. I was like, um, excuse me, hold on, what? <laughs> Yeah, but, but uh, I, I also uh, – it, it was really sad though that uh, it seemed like uh, when she was – after the play and everything, when she was trying to leave and her dad gets out of jail, she comes back. It pulls her back and it, it kind of feels almost like the, it's going to be the termination of her dream. Yeah. And uh, that she'll probably – she's probably going to be at the DQ or something like the DQ forever now, sadly enough. And, uh, it, it, you know, in small towns like this, uh, some unfortunate folks get one shot to, you know, launch leave. themselves up out, out of it or out of the mess or whatever and uh, unfortunately I think she missed a rocket <laughs> I think she did too, yeah. Yeah. Hold on one but, but can I come back to something yeah sure that was said in that video I, I think uh, she really put on I'm sorry the echo is throwing me off just a little bit forgive me oh sorry about that JG no that's that the theater it gives us all an opportunity to act to do a thing whether we do it well or do, or poorly or whatever mm-hmm. and, and it, you do kind of fulfill your dreams a little bit at least for a couple hours yeah you get to be some Somebody else. Like right, right. Yeah, and we, we definitely got to see that a bit with uh, the Dr. Alan Pearl character, too, which we'll talk about in a minute yeah. uh, for sure. But uh, you wanted to talk a little bit more oh, about uh, Ron and Sheila. Ronnie and Sheila. I love that they finally left. And they basically got put in their places. <laughs> they thought they were all high and mighty and wonderful. No, Ron and Sheila, you are extras and you are hey extras. You are not hey Ron and Sheila. <laughs> I love that. There's nothing wrong with being an extra. Get over it. Enjoy it. One show does not make you a star. No, no. Especially since not. there was no Guffman. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some people find it ironical that being a travel agent, I've never been out of place. <laughs> I, I also like how they called it a glamour position. Like, uh, versus being a dentist, uh, the travel agent was a glamour position. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, Okay, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, speaking of the dentist, uh, Dr. Alan Pearl, absolutely love Eugene Levy in this role. I, Terrific. He, he kind of uh, – he reminds me of a deaf person that really enjoys music. He doesn't hear the individual <laughs> notes in the comedy, but he appreciates the vibrations. Uh, his audition is absolutely sublime. Uh, sitting through bad musical <laughs> auditions like that, I'm sure we've all been to musical auditions where there was someone who just couldn't sing but thought they could and made everyone else sit there during their 10-minute Oh, uh, they always took the longest, song. too. Or at least it always felt the longest. They're like doing meatless, bad out of hell, or something like that. <laughs> They're like doing the entire, the entire book of May- Les Mis for their audition. Uh, <laughs> the Swanee River. <laughs> way up upon the Swanee River. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's definitely he's definitely like the 14 year old nerd who finally gets to hang out with the cool kids, and you can totally see it in his face pretty much the whole movie. Uh, he's it's terrific. 
Oh yeah, and, and I also thought it was very a very theater moment too. That you know, it, in the beginning, everyone's making fun of him, marginalizing him, uh, Ron especially. Yeah. Uh, but then once the show started, and, and you know, curtains up and everything, he's he's part of the family, just like anybody oh, else. You know. Well, and after every- you spend that much time together, of course mm-hmm. you're going to become like a family. Yeah, and everybody's jumping to his aid when he's trying to come through as the Martian and everything. It's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> when he's trying to get around the horse, <laughs> the cow. And, and I also thought it was interesting that in the end, this story really functioned as Dr. Pearl's origin story, uh, from small-town dentist to cheesy lounge singer in Florida. <laughs> it, I, I've always wondered how those guys end up in that position. Uh, this, is, how, this is one such way, I guess. This is, that's how it happens. I love it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really from the encouragement of the audience, too. Like, they knew mm-hmm. that there was no Guffman, but that audience had such an amazing reaction. Like, mm-hmm. I absolutely love how the townspeople are acting like this was the best thing ever. <laughs> we have well, never seen anything too. What? I think part of... Uh, I think part of the thrill for the townspeople was that it was like all these people they knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why they had the thundering ovation, you know, because, oh, there's the dentist and he's in the show. <laughs> that, that show would not sell anywhere else but Blaine. No, mm-hmm. no, you couldn't. Well, it was red, white, and Blaine. Yes. It couldn't right. be anywhere what, else. <laughs> and, and, and to steal a word from uh, Ron, that's what's ironical about them thinking that they're going to go to Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about Blaine but the people that live in Blaine. Yes. Very um, true. It totally drove me nuts, though, that the the magical, mythical Guffman character was seated in the middle of the show. No, sir. You do not get seated unless it is intermission. Mm. You do not walk in in the middle. That drove me a little crazy. We'll see. Uh, th- this yeah. is this is another piece of evidence in the in the uh, container of maybe Guffman wasn't real to begin with. Maybe Corky was like, hey, Usher, let this guy in or whatever. But Corky would know that. But Corky was on stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though he did do off, off. Off, 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 Broadway. Off, off, off Broadway. Right. Okay, Amory, you wanted to wrap up here with a point about uh, the audience here an hour into I the show. I just covered it. Oh, did you? Okay. I covered it. There we go. Sorry about that. I, you, I'm still trying to sort out the tech issues. We're a little over. fuzzy. It's okay. <laughs> okay, so I guess it's time to ask if this uh, Waiting for Guffman, if, if Waiting for Guffman passes the wonder test, uh, it, does it uh, hold up to the same wonder it felt when we f- originally watched it? Amory, I know this Seeing is as how this was my original time watching it, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, it does hold up to itself. Um, no, it definitely made me feel like I should be back and doing theater. And maybe this plays for actresses book. I'll just pick it up. and uh, mm-hmm. Bye, guys. See you on the stage. Or this how to uh, sell yourself as an actor by Kay Callen, Ma Kent from Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman that we have here, she too. so many things. Okay. And uh, as for me, uh, yes, a definitive, a definitive, a definitive, yes. Uh, yes. It's a wonderful <laughs> snapshot of the spirit of community theater. And it probably helps that I watch it so many times, uh, you know, coming up through theater with right. dear friends like uh, Mr. Jason George there. Uh, does it pass the test for you, JG? 100%. <laughs> One hundred percent. But the thing that always gets me when I watch it is, am I that bad when I act? Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was thinking. I was like, oh, oh, that's me, isn't it? I'm that girl. I'm not self-aware. Are people enough. just cheering because they know me? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's still a cheer. I think. Yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But you know how it is. You know, people don't want to tell you that you sucked it up. <laughs> right. Especially if they're not the theater people. Mm-hmm. If it's just like, you know, great Aunt Ida, she's like, oh, sweetheart, you were fabulous. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to get into talking a little bit about our old theater days here in just one second. But first off, we just wanted to mention real quick that we have a, a let me bring it up full screen here, a Patreon. Uh, now, this is a way you can come in and help support us. Uh, you know, maybe help uh, finance. Help us uh, figure out why. 
why we've been having technical difficulties this week. Yeah, and uh, you can set a. Some people creators set it up by uh, you know episode or by creation. We've set it up by month. So uh, please excuse the uh, uh, sound recorder thing there, trying to figure <laughs> things out. But basically, you can go in. You can donate a certain amount a month, ten cents, all the way up to you know whatever you want, fifty dollars if you want. And uh, it'll help us hit uh, certain <laughs> milestones. Uh, like uh, the next milestone we have to hit is two hundred dollars. If we get two hundred dollars a month, we'll do uh, twice monthly movie commentaries. Yep. Patreon which, exclusive for the first mm-hmm. six months. We're already doing uh, pa- patron exclusive hangouts. Uh, we're doing this the Saturday. first one this Saturday at eight thirty p.m. Right. Uh, uh, we'll have information about that over on the Patreon page. And you get rewards, too. We'll do anything from give you all the Dog Boy books for free to record uh, the song of your choice as an MP3 and send it over to you, uh, make a really bad sketch for you or write a handwritten letter for you, all sorts of stuff like that. And you can uh, help us out and uh, take advantage of all of this stuff by going over to patreon.com slash universe box. Again, that's patreon.com slash universe box and donating a little bit every month. And, you know, we'd, 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 we appreciate it. We'd really appreciate it and uh, hopefully we won't crash so many times yeah i was gonna say by next monday we should have all of the technical issues uh figured out this will be his entire weekend he'll be sitting at this computer going like why won't you work yeah it's fun the feeling it's going to be me three small children and two birthday parties for a couple hours possibly possibly okay well now it's time uh, to dust off a few damaged brain cells as we three old stagehands tell you about our time in the theater program at west liberty state college in the memory box and uh we're going to in the video oh, portion uh, as we talk here uh-huh. we're going to be showing some uh some pictures uh from our days in theater uh and uh we have a picture of me and Anne marie and a picture of jg i took for him from a project i did called the storybook playtime show uh, with him wearing a backwards uh baseball cap it's fun oh yeah <laughs> you're looking good there Gigi. <laughs> i look young there yes very yeah, we all do okay so i guess a, I, I guess a good way to get started here would be to go ahead and talk about each of our backgrounds in theater before we got into theater together so uh actually i you know i maybe i'll i, I jg uh why don't you go ahead and start i what was your experience in theater uh before west liberty well, it was kind of like a family tradition for me. My Two of my older brothers, like they did theater in high school. And I remember freshman year, I didn't audition for the first play because it was a musical. Mm-hmm. I've established why. <laughs> <laughs> but I was in the theater class, and the theater director just asked me point blank, why didn't you audition for the show? Do you want to act like your brothers? And I said, well, yeah, but I don't sing. And she said, well, there's non-singing parts. So it encouraged me to try out for the fall, I'm sorry, the spring play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm which was a contest play. Uh, we did one-act play at state tournaments. Uh, I got a, a role in the play, and I still remember my first line that I ever spoke on stage. And it was like my only line. And it was, what if you're on a blind date and your date tells you you have a toenail stuck between your teeth? That was my very first line. <laughs> on oh, there's a, there was no punchline involved? That was the punchline. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a play called Removing the Glove. Mm-hmm. And what it was, like being left-handed was kind of like a metaphor for being homosexual. Hmm. So it, it was not cool to be you know, left-handed. Keep in mind, I have nothing against homosexuals. I'm just saying that was the, the joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and when you came out as a lefty it was called coming out of the gloves compartment (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny that's pretty clever it was hilarious and then i continued to do theater throughout high school i wrote plays for state competition at one i won third place and then also uh, i acted in all the musicals and the rest of the contest plays Mm -hmm. 
So that's that's how I got started. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, uh, Anne-Marie, how did, how did you get started? What, what was your pre-West Liberty experience? Well, since you're both from the Valley, you may have heard of a little show called Hosanna. <laughs> Hosanna? Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw uh, it at the St. John Arena in Steubenville. Yeah, I was there. Um, I okay. actually only did it one year. Um, but other than that, that's all I've got. That's pretty much it. That's I, I, I ushered <laughs> in high school, high school number three, not high schools one or two. Um, but the problem was I wanted to audition when I got to high school number three. I was like, that's it. I'm doing theater because I'd always wanted to because of my brief stint in the Hosanna. But um, I missed the first auditions. And then when I saw the show, I psyched myself out because I thought they were too good. And I never auditioned because they were all my friends. Mm-hmm. So I basically was, well, I was the track cheerleader, but it also ended up being the theater cheerleader because <laughs> i would run out and get everybody dinner and bring them back food in between track and theater <laughs> so cool. that was my life but when i think of a theater cheerleader i think of the cheerleaders from saturday night live you know well like cheering I, for the chess team well i might as well have done that too because i was a cheerleader so i was like here's your cool, apple though. slices have some fries no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that that was my background before west Lib. Excellent. And uh, let's see. As for me, um, my theater background before West Lib, I, I tried out for a couple of plays in high school. I didn't get it into the of them, uh, but I did end up uh, meeting my first girlfriend at one of the auditions, and uh, less said about her, the better. Yep. But uh, she took me down to a little theater in Wheeling called Towngate Theater, and uh, had me try out for a show called The Children's Hour, which I, I believe was also uh, uh, had some homosexual themes, and it's about two uh, children or teachers at an all-girls school who are, like there's whispers in towns that they have a lesbian relationship, hmm. and I, I played the very pivotal role of the grocery boy who Ooh. came in and stared them down and I, like all the hate of the town had to be in my eyes sort of thing nice so i did i had three lines and but i i got some com- confidence going out on stage and everything and then i, I tried out for our town mm-hmm. at wheeling park high school my high school and got in and Woo-hoo. got one of the major parts one of the fathers dr gibbs i i i believe actually the first non-stage manager character who shows up in the show interesting i actually the newspaper boy might have shown up first but you know uh, so i did that and it was a lot of fun and i was like okay that's it i'm done with theater and then i got to west live and i heard they were doing rocky horror and we were off to the races <laughs> uh, and the addiction began actually i might have heard about that in a uh, jg's dorm room jg do you remember how how we met <laughs> i do remember how we met uh, and first of all, before I say anything else, understand if I sound like I'm like kind of like rambling or something, it's because of that echo. So You're good. Well, yeah, and I, I definitely um, do apologize for that. But. Oh, no problem. Well, I believe we met with the summer, the first summer that I was working at Brook Hills Playhouse. We had mm-hmm. a mutual friend and we, we kind of came through that, I believe. Isn't that isn't that half? Well, I, no, I don't think we met through the playhouse. I think uh, no, that's how I met how I met another friend of ours. Through, yeah, probably never mind. Probably the guy who introduced me to you, Sam, right? Sam. Yeah, because Sam. Yes. Sam was actually. I did some summer shows at Towngate Theater, and Sam is one of the guys I acted with in those shows. Him and uh, Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Uh, Big Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, you know who I'm Big talking Ryan. about. Yeah. Oh, uh, I do. But uh, what you call it? So, like, like, so when I got up to West Lib and I found out Sam, or you know, I saw Sam up there, I, I was like, "Hey, what are you doing? We should hang out because I don't know anybody here." Mm-hmm. And he took me over to uh, JG's dorm room, right? Or or was it? It was that's Bachman right. and Terry's, and you were in the suite uh, next door. That's right. Mm. And that's the first time I met you. I was thinking of our friend Joey. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for the best. Um, <laughs> no, wow. But I, 
you know, it, it, it was love at first sight, of right. course. Oh, naturally. Naturally. Right. And so then, you know, we were hanging out uh, with this mutual group of friends, and I end up trying out for Rocky Horror, and you end up being the stage manager for Rocky Horror, which we saw a clip from at the top of the show. Yeah, and that was the best stage managing gig ever. Mm. They actually asked me to stage manage just because I did one in the previous thing called the Rhymers of Eldritch. Mm-hmm. And I had to call 123 light cues or something like that. And some of them were right after another. Wow. So they said, hey, you should stage manage Rocky Horror in the fall. And I was like, that would be awesome. <laughs> nice. it, that it was a party every night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> like, like, it was really weird because I, I often, like, when I, I get into conversations about 9-11, I bring up that show just because it happened. I think it was, like, the yes. third or fourth rehearsal for Rocky. And I, I remember like uh, we were all wondering if we were going to have rehearsal. Riley called rehearsal. And I was like, gave, yes, yes. Then he gave us this stirring speech about how, you know, in the face of adversity, art must go on and all that kind of stuff. I, I, very nice. fond memory. It will not a fond memory. It was really inspiring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, 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 he, he made it seem like we were doing something important uh, there in our, our fishnet that's tights. Things, that's, one of, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about um, John Riley is that he's mm. always made it important and he made you take it seriously and if you weren't going to take it seriously adios there's the door don't ever come back mm-hmm. you will never he's come a wonderful back. director and a wonderful person yeah oh, actually, he judged me in those uh, contest plays in high school oh really festivals. yeah so whenever i came to audition for a play at west liberty he was like oh i remember you you were flute in midsummer night's dream it took a lot of guts to wear that costume in a high school <laughs> <laughs> nice. I can see that. Nice. Yeah. yeah, but Rocky Rocky was a lot of fun. Uh it, that that was also my first musical if I remember correctly. Uh so th- that was a little nerve-wracking. Uh but it was a good time. I, I think we already pretty much shared the riffraff story. Any anything else you remember from Rocky JG? Any any other fun little anecdotes? Well, the place was a mess every night after the show. Oh yeah, because of but all even the Even though I was a stage manager, I still didn't help clean up. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- there was confetti every there was confetti every night, and I know that a couple years later, when we were doing the strike for Hamlet, I think I think it was Hamlet. There the, was still confetti. Under yeah, that there was stage. still confetti everywhere. There, there probably even is still confetti, and they've done construction, mm-hmm. like major construction. In my box of mementos, I actually kept an ace of spades from the the audience that was thrown, you know, during the show. Uh huh. Nice, nice. And one thing I do remember well about Rocky Horror, maybe Bill will remember this as too. Uh, so you remember how sometimes the actors would maybe add lay or whatever mm-hmm. and how there was that one really particularly loud fan oh yes do you remember when our rocky acknowledged him breaking the fourth wall yes i do remember that and how, how riley completely freaked out because like it, it, it wasn't it because it, it wasn't the it wasn't the character who's meant to break the fourth wall, wall right it was the one who was less dressed if i remember correctly i'm sure it, exactly yeah, yeah, I do remember. I do remember because I, I forget what it was, but he said something directly to him. And only Frankenfurter is allowed to talk to the audience, or at least in our production. Wow. Right, right. Yeah, and I, awesome. I, like, I, I forget exactly what happened to that actor. I, I, I know Riley wasn't very happy with him. He was wasn't not very happy, happy if anybody broke the rules. <laughs> uh, trivia, if trivia. you're watching the slideshow on YouTube, uh, that, uh, there's a picture of that actor uh, somewhere in the slideshow. You'll have to guess where. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> as you point to it. <laughs> yeah, as I point to him as being the the character on the on the screen. Uh, but, okay, so let's see. Uh, so we did Rocky. That was the fall semester at Westlib, and then Amory. I guess you can probably pick it up here because there were auditions for a children's show, right? It was during the it was during the Rocky horror. I was yes. the gypsy Lydia. <laughs> And that's my first show. That was the actual voice you did. That really was. It was based on the Jamaican um, fortune teller lady on Mm -hmm. TV. Oh, Miss Cleo? Miss Cleo, yes. That was, that was, there she is. Miss Cleo. Um, that was my inspiration for that role. And the fact that I actually got a callback and then got cast (laughs) was ridiculous. Well, uh, Crystal, Crystal, uh, Crystal, who, who decorated or decorated, directed, (laughs) who directed all the children's shows at West Liberty. She was very much in the, uh, I don't know, like the mad TV kind of humor, uh, sort of thing. Yes. 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 She would often take things from popular culture and make you act that way. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Or, or she would be like, okay, I want you to do King Thrushbeard as a Saturday Night Live character or something like that. Oh, King Thrushbeard. Lots of Saturday Night Live. Lots of Saturday Night Live. JG, you were in that show too, weren't you? Yes, I was. I was the echo of the forest. (laughs) Which is quite convenient (laughs) since you're the echo today. Delivered off stage into a hand mic. Nice. Nice. And when I did come on stage, I, I told them I wanted uh, elf ears, and they gave them to me. Of course. <laughs> of course they did. Nice. Hey, I was, uh, I, and I was the stage manager for that show, but Amory doesn't actually remember oh. me. That was the show we met on. Yep. I, and, you know, considering you're my wife and everything now, it's kind of weird that you don't remember actually meeting me. My first memory of you is you sitting on, I'm, I think, was it Crystal's house? Yeah, Crystal's house. You... And what's her face? We're sitting on the couch Mm -hmm. and we gave you your jack. Oh, yeah, your, yeah um, you guys got me a big bottle of Jack. A big bottle of Jack. My that stage is literally all I remember. <laughs> that's fair. That's I, really all I remember, too. Getting the bottle of Jack, and then it was the next and morning. And then it was the next day. Yeah. No. I don't know what happened. Oh, that was between. the great thing about being a stage manager. You always got a big bottle of hooch when the show was over. See, and that oh, makes me sure. regret really never stage managing. I'm like, <laughs> I could have done really good. No. <laughs> well, they got I mean, me a bottle of Crown one year. Ooh. Nice. Well, the thing is, you had to do a lot of hard work in between all of the uh, stage know, managing yeah. stuff, too. Well, that was the thing. Um, mm-hmm. They wanted me to stage manage a musical. I'm like, I have, I know, I had no experience whatsoever. I think I'd only been in like two shows at that point. <laughs> I'm like, you don't want me doing the fall musical here, guys. I'm sorry, I'm a sophomore. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and skip ahead here to, uh, especially since the audio is still messing up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but why don't we go ahead and skip ahead to Flea in a Rear? Oh, okay. uh, which, yeah, Amory, you'll have, have fun, to sit folks. out on this one. But uh, Rear was a really fun show because, first of all, it was it was the first show I was ever in where I got to play a villain. Like, and I I, got, I played a Don Carlos Homenidas de Histangua. Oh <laughs> crap! I was I was gonna say it. Oh, you were gonna say and it. I wanted you to go. I salute you. I salute you. I salute you. Yeah, there we go. Remember, I was uh, at the end the the valet, and I always introduced people when they came in. Oh yes. Okay. Oh yeah. We can do our actual line from the show. I have the script here. Uh, but go go ahead. Go ahead. Give me the setup. I, I would open the sliding doors. I would walk out, and then I would announce, "Senor Don Carlos Comenios de Estangua." I salute you. <laughs> right, <laughs> Bill would like pop out like really fast. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, that that character was really just like all fast action. It's kind of like a kind of similar archetype to a uh, Ricky Ricardo, sort of like that uh, yeah. that uh, very angry uh, Spanish or Latin uh, character with a lisp. Uh, to denote a hint of royalty. But yeah, he was all very like big, brash movements, stomping around and uh, with a tiny little gun and a tiny little <laughs> cape that I had them put on because I liked it because Zorro. 
Uh, of course. Yeah, I also actually, I messed up my knee really bad in this show. And it wasn't like, because I was doing like crazy things like jumping off platforms, stairs, over couches, because it's a farce. So, you know, there's a lot of action. But I actually injured my knee. I was back in the dressing room, sitting backwards on a chair, mm-hmm. uh, talking to somebody. And I got up and I swung my leg up over the chair. And it something just tore in my knee. And this was like two nights before we opened. Oh. So I yep. basically... I remember it. Yeah, so I I was like limping when I wasn't on stage, but somehow the adrenaline... Uh, from you being find on, the adrenaline on yeah, stage. It's the lights and the audience yeah. and the John Riley yelling from the light booth. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wrap my knee up super duper 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 tight and hope for the best and just gave it my all. And I, I still have problems with that knee. It was yeah, worth it, though. It was worth it. Cause it, it was a good, was show. A good show. Yeah, Jay, Sometimes you just got to push through. Yep. Exactly. JG, that... Was that? I, I think I remember you saying back in the day that that was the sh- like the biggest part you had ever had up to that point or something. Uh, it was the longest play I'd ever been in. Mm, that was it, it. like a three act play. Um, it was. I had had a couple parts that size before, but that one was pretty large. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I. But you got to sit out a big part of the second act, and you just got to hang out backstage and everything. Yeah. Yeah. My main stuff in Act One and Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mine was kind of like I came out at the beginning of Act One, I think. Then I come back at the end then i come out back for the end of the acts both times because i i'm the guy coming in trying to kill the main character oh well for because i think he's sleeping with my wife or whatever wasn't he yeah uh no he wasn't it was his twin no uh, no there was a it was a letter there was like a mix-up with a yeah. letter that was the whole plot yes know. now we know the whole plot of Fleener. now we've talked about the show. yeah no but that was really awkward and this is it's probably going to get a little too personal, but it's okay. Um, oh, here we go. We're yeah, getting personal, folks. Yeah, it was a little awkward because uh, the girl I was dating at the time uh, played my wife in that show. And I ended up breaking up with her right before our last performance because of something that had gone down at the cast party <laughs> the night before. <laughs> like, I, it, t- horrible form. You should, ne- If you're a young uh, actor, you should never, ever do this. Don't cause drama between actors, you know, right before the last show. <laughs> that idea. Bill, do you remember the time that my castmate cussed me out right before we went on in that play you wrote? Oh, uh, the 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 stranger, right? Uh, the the one who wasn't like part that. of part of the playhouse game, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember people in that show not liking that, that girl very much. Uh, it, it was it was pretty crazy. Yeah, for fractions. Uh, yeah, because Amory yeah. was. Fractions was our kind of like uh, independent, independent. Uh, student-run uh, thing, and I wrote a show for it. JG acted in it, and, and then Amory was in, was in yeah, in another person's show. Okay, uh, and this girl just puffed me out badly, like right before mm-hmm. the show, and then I had to go on and act like I was in love with her. <laughs> yeah, because she was like like the one you had like the big crush on, and you wanted to break up with your girlfriend. For if I remember that plot I wrote years ago, uh, that's right, buddy. Yeah, actually, I, I think I still I have still have the script somewhere for that. I do too. Nice, very nice. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Uh, well, I, I want to talk about the playhouse for just a minute, uh, JG. But first, I just want to touch very briefly. We did traveling children's theater, <laughs> and I just wanted to tell one quick story Is about Anne Marie here. That I think it's going to be. Yeah, it's I know like, it's going to be. Everybody know knows. Everybody who went to we're, us live knows the story. Hey, JG, were you there for that? <laughs> I just heard about it later the day. Okay, that's fair. Okay, first of all, I would like to point out, this was the morning after you broke up with the girlfriend. It, well, it might have been the second time. Either way, yeah. you broke up with her the night before. Mm-hmm. The two of you weren't speaking. We're at yeah. the element- Okay, first of all, let's set it up. Okay. It's like 8 a.m. We're at the elementary school right up the road from our school. I don't know if any of us had slept. 
Um, he broke up with the girlfriend who was, they were both in the play, as well as there was Ross, which if you watched last week, Ross roasts, it was that Ross. <laughs> um, there was, and there was one other person and me. I may possibly have been at a fraternity party the night before with an excessive amount of beverage. What kind of beverage? Jungle juice. Okay. If you're not familiar, ever clear. If you're not familiar, it's probably illegal in your state. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So there's your setup. Um, mm-hmm. We do our show. We do our show. I'm dying. The two of them aren't talking, and I'm pretty sure they were married in our show as well. Yeah, yeah, because I was King Thrushbeard. Yeah, well, these shows, it was three mini stories mm-hmm. where we all played different characters. We're in costume. We're out of costume. We're running around things. We're singing badly and all this and all these little people, and we had to pack everything up and put it in our van, and we get out the door, mm-hmm. and the door shuts. It literally locks and can't open again the second I need to puke. <laughs> my name is Anne Marie, and I have puked lime green bile on an elementary school in college. Yes, on the back of the elementary school. <sighs> it, it was and fun. What we did, college and what everybody did, get in the car, get in the car, go, go. <laughs> Quick, before they find out. Well, no, they, it's fine, though. That, that'll be a good uh, That'll be a good story to tell the kids one day, oh, for yeah. sure. Can we wait till they're at least 18? Okay, so, JG, uh, you, yes, I, kind, I kind of, in our first episode, I shared quite a bit of my memories of the Playhouse. So what, why don't you just uh, talk a little bit about our summer, the summer of 72 at the Playhouse. I, let's reminisce a little bit. And I, I'll, I'll jump in and stuff, but I, I kind of shared my favorite memories uh, back in episode one. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell embarrassing stories of me or something. Well, uh, a little background on the place. Mm-hmm. It's a summer theater in an old barn in Brook County, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And every summer they perform five plays. Uh, Bill and I worked together there. We built the sets. We uh, sold the tickets. We kept the place clean. And occasionally we would act in the shows. And that's right. Bill did Clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, theater. which I'm wearing the costume from. The upper part of the costume is from Clue. The bottom part is from when I was in Hamlet. And this place was just great. We worked like 12-hour days, six days a week or seven sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't get paid very much. No. But it was all worth it because usually it was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Hard work, though. I loved it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you you even went back a couple summers, right? Uh, One summer I go back it was two years later yeah yeah and we really enjoyed ourselves mm-hmm. i'm kind of jealous we would do things you know after the shows and like like hop the fence and swim in the pool with stuff. <laughs> or a set Pretty picnic awesome. table set picnic tables on fire uh let's see there was mr pickles <laughs> the the playhouse cat yeah stray cat came around and became our mascot yeah now I, hold on oh, i have, here to, we go, I have down to get memory a, i have lane. a picture of mr pickles here i have to pull it out to show the camera show it well while you're looking i'm so jealous because i was actually supposed to be at the playhouse that summer mm. and i i turned down the job because <laughs> we were there we had a lot of fun yeah I, it, trust me i realized i was like this was a bad choice i should have done that yeah here's a if you can see it no uh, no 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 okay can't see Failed. mr pickles that's fair <laughs> yeah but it was a, it was a good time a lot of wild times too which is probably uh best left unsaid less said about it the better <laughs> for some of that's it universe box after dark universe box <laughs> after dark Okay, so uh, let's see here. Uh, let's wrap up with just a couple of uh, general questions. Uh, we'll start with uh, JG. JG, what was uh, your favorite show or character uh, ever that you've done? I have two. Okay. okay. Uh, one of them was the aforementioned uh, flute slash uh, fisbee in A Midsummer Night's Dream mm-hmm. because I did drag <laughs> and I got to do a lot of crazy stuff in that part. And it was really fun. Mm-hmm. 
My other was, believe it or not, a part I had two years ago. Oh, uh, really? The summer before last. I actually went back to the playhouse to just watch a show. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people after the first act asked me if I was interested in acting in another play in August. And it, the play was called Bathroom Humor, mm-hmm. and it all took place in a bathroom. And we it was have also that. a farce. Yeah, we actually have that script here. Actually, the Anne-Marie cam might show it off better. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, two. Mm. The guy had like three monologues, and he always went into the bathroom to do all the drugs. <laughs> Wasn't that the so part our, really our mutual friend Sam played when Wes Lib did it? I believe so. Yeah, I enjoy I that so. you keep calling him our mutual friend Sam. Our, our non-mutual friend Sam? I don't know what that even means. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I think so. Okay, Amory, what was the favorite uh, show or character uh, you ever did? Um... I'm going to say it's actually not at West Lib. It was at um, Cleveland State, mm-hmm. which most of the pictures that involve me are actually from. It was called uh, 5th of July. Uh-huh. Um, it was my first show at a new school with a whole new everybody. I knew nothing about it. I got a decent sized role in it, which kind of shocked the out of me. And then I was nominated for um, an Irene Ryan award. So I had to compete against, I don't even remember how many people in Indiana mm-hmm. or Illinois. I don't really know. It was an I state um, for this, for a competition. And I was like completely confused. I was like, what is an Irene Ryan? Why am I nominated? What's going on? But it was an awesome show. Um, yeah, I kept my shoes. Nice. I keep my. I like shoes, mm-hmm. and they let me keep these, and they're vintage and. Nice. Back in the day, they were worth a lot of money. I always tried to steal, I mean, keep at least like one item of my costume or a prop or something from every show I was yeah. in. There's you, there's pictures going around of boys next door. Hey, right there it is. And uh, there's another shoe. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. And, as I, and as I mentioned, the tights and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And actually, I'd say, I'd say probably my favorite uh, character show would probably have to be a tie between uh, Professor Plum from Clue the Musical mm-hmm. and actually uh, Inspector Hubbard from Dial in for Murder, both that I performed that summer at the playhouse interesting just and both were excellent thank were you fun. thank you J- thank you for lying jg i appreciate it <laughs> uh no but I, I, it was just dial in was good it, it was a great show uh directed by one of my good friends uh billy clough and uh it all of my good friends were in a gretchen schneider uh justin mcconaughey uh nick taylor the crew yeah yeah like it, it, it was just a really tight crew and a really fun show and i the reason I loved being in Clue the Musical so much is because there was there was one guy on our crew out there at the Brook Hills Playhouse who just didn't like me very much. I just got under his skin for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it, it especially started getting really – because I always – back then I always used to make like your mom jokes. Oh, uh, just like generally your mom jokes. And this guy would get – I know where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this guy would just get really – and he might be in the slides too. You don't know. Uh, but he would get really upset with me anytime I made a your mom joke. And we were always like, what's his big deal? I mean – I mean, it's just a your mom joke. It's it's about the collective mom, not like anyone's individual mom. Uh-huh. And then his mom tried out for Clue the Musical. Oh. And uh, so I was Professor Plum. Oh. And she played she played the detective or the inspector or whatever. And we had a a du- duet together where uh-huh. I had to try and seduce her because I well me me and uh, JG sort of had this theory that uh, maybe the reason that the your mom jokes offended him so much is because they maybe hit a little too close to home. So this guy was was constantly like getting on me and like getting on my case and everything else. But uh, what you call it? Uh, he um, he had to sit at the back of the theater every night and watch me seduce his mom live on stage. <laughs> so it was kind of just poetic justice. <laughs> so I'm guessing. Oh, and it was a two week run too. Yeah, yeah, well, it was a two week run. So so what's that? What was that like? 
eight shows, something yeah, like that. Eight shows. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, guys. Well, we were going to talk a little bit about our careers post Westlib, but uh, this technical issues got me all bummed out and everything. So maybe we'll just have to commit to coming back and doing another theater episode here. I think we here. need to commit. To, can, we, can we save our box theater for the other theater episode? Yeah, I think we can save our box <laughs> like, theater can we too. Please save that. <laughs> But uh, so. thank you so much for joining us, JG. You're always yes, a, a great guest you. uh, when you've been on uh, Greetings from Storybrook, And uh, we knew you'd be a natural fit for this episode, too. Uh, you have a Twitter account now. Do you want to point people towards that? Because uh, you, you've, you've been afraid of the Twitter because you're, you're weak. And you're, now yes, you're strong. If you heard me on, on Greetings from Storybrook, you know that I never really wanted a Twitter. Mm-hmm. But if you want to look me, for me on Twitter, it's at jjasongeorge. That's me. Yeah, and uh, if you follow him over there and mention him, maybe he'll get a bunch of of email notifications and maybe he'll start using he'll remember it remember that he has a twitter and he'll use it that would be nice because yeah, J- i forget about it jg's like one of the four people i have to go on to facebook to interact with and it would be really <laughs> nice if he, he would just come on over to twitter that that would be pretty come sweet back to the rest i'll make it happen excellent nice. excellent okay jg well we're gonna go ahead and let you go here uh, finish up but uh, thank you again so much for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you later okay bye, anytime thanks for having me okay bye Okay, so uh, JG's gone. Now, now the real fun it. starts. No, <laughs> okay, so uh, let's see here. Next up is the idea box. Let's go ahead and switch back over to the main shot here, uh, where you guys submit ideas to us at universebox.com slash idea box, and uh, we uh, generally discuss them. Um, so we have a few questions here. Uh, the first one is, uh, in, oh, by the way, Anne-Marie, I'm pretty sure our audio problem was the Google uh, plug-in <gasps> thing because the, the audio level's now. been fine now. Okay, so yeah. we won't be doing that ever. I'll, I'll just have to get a cord so we can uh, call people with my actual phone (laughs) in the future so at least we know that now Okay, so are there any parts you haven't played that you would like to? Um, I haven't even thought about that in roughly 10 years, well, mm-hmm. nine or so years. Yeah. Because it hasn't even been an option. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, I've only done one thing since I graduated, which is really sad because I have a theater degree now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Directing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I want more, I want to do more Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. That's, it's not necessarily because I'm aged out of the characters I like. Yeah. Because at the time I was 20. Um, <laughs> not 20 anymore <laughs> but um yeah i'd like i'd like to do some shakespeare i'm hoping mm-hmm. maybe in the next couple of years once the kids are in school all of them full time i can actually like do a show yeah they, they i would like to too at some point i, I definitely i'd like to try my hand at a musical again because back when i did uh the musicals that i did do I, w- I was a pretty heavy smoker like a pack pack and a half a day yeah you were and i was also a really heavy drinker because i was in college <laughs> so now that now that uh my vocal quality has improved i i think it would be interesting to try out a musical again and it, the one part i've always wanted to play and i i think i could still play it if i shave actually yeah you probably could use i think you've lost about five years with all this weight loss yeah yeah with like what almost 40 pounds, <laughs> 40 <laughs> since, pounds december. since december uh but it, it the part is uh seymour krellborn from uh little shop of horrors that's always been one of my favorite shows i used to watch uh i, I used to watch the uh, movie every day uh, back in my apartment uh, my first apartment when i moved out because i didn't have cable mm-hmm. so i just had a vhs player and so i'd watch little shop every day yeah and you know i have all the psalms memorized still one day i'll get my shot Maybe maybe one day we'll maybe you know if uh, people kick in some money at patreon.com/universebox we can pay for the rights and do our own version of Little Shop on the show. 
Maybe that could be a milestone. That'd be fun. Okay. What's the worst audition you've ever had, Anne-Marie? Oh, okay. I know we were talking about this offline um, about Christine um, and the Strongsville play that reminded that um, Waiting for Guffman reminded me of. So mm-hmm. in college, there was um, – I was living at home and my best friend had actually moved in. And this was at college number two. <laughs> I like to have numbered – amounts of schools um and we were like hey let's go to this audition for the local community theater because there was nothing going on right now at school any of the usual places so we went it was for dracula i believe Mm -hmm. oh gosh (laughs) first of all it was community theater so i was like whatever Mm -hmm. and then i had to do an accent and i couldn't do the right accent like i could not make it come Mm -hmm. no matter what so i ended up doing this really bad new yorkie accent it was supposed to be british and it just (laughs) was horrible and we all just laughed i just was like thank you Mm -hmm. awful yeah awful it was also one of the few times I don't I never typically auditioned in front of people I feel like mm-hmm. most auditions were private yeah and this was like a round table <laughs> it was like everybody was just sitting there I was like okay hi so nice I, the worst one I ever did was uh, probably probably my one for I ended up getting cast in the show a, a couple fairly larger parts uh, in Hamlet actually because well, I had uh, mm-hmm. I had been like I was a theater major for a while and I got cast in Of Mice and Men as Curly, the old man uh, mm-hmm. who runs the the uh, what, ranch mm-hmm. or whatever where, oh, where yeah. they're at. And uh, I, I was having some personal issues. I had a de- uh, death in the family, a breakup with uh, all sorts of bad Bad business. things, bad things. So I ended up having to drop out of the show and I ended up changing my major over to broadcasting. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm never doing theater again <laughs> ever. Oh, I love this uh, song Skid Row. Oh, Yes, I see. Bobby says uh, the MP3 he wants to suddenly see more. I actually do a really good cover. I think that's on like guitar. the third song that Bobby's uh, that people have asked for. I can actually do both parts. I have both Merry parts memorized. Um, do, should I do it now? No. Okay, we'll save it and we'll do it privately for Bobby. And he yeah, can, that's his Patreon yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that that is his patron reward. But where was I? <laughs> Um, oh, okay. Bad audition. Yeah. So I had dropped out of the, the theater program and then oh, yeah. I, I decided because uh, a couple of the guys I knew, uh, Justin, Billy, Josh, Fromhart, uh, they were doing their last show, Hamlet. So I decided to go ahead and try and be in one last show with – we called ourselves The Click. Viva La Click. Yeah. So we were kind of like the, uh, the the power group in the theater. So I went ahead and auditioned. They were the what's-their-faces. Mm. The uh... – <laughs> What was their name? What was their name? So I'm Ron and Sheila. Oh yeah, yeah. We were the Ron and Sheila. They were the Ron we're, and Sheila. <laughs> no one would tell us we were bad. I uh, no, no. The, those other guys were very, very talented. Uh-huh. Uh, but so I, I went in for the audition, and it was on pretty short notice. So I just I rehearsed with my friend Jason Day for about an hour in his mm-hmm. dorm room before going over for the thing, like a soliloquy, a Shakespearean soliloquy. I forget what it was from. Mm-hmm. And I get up there and I completely forget it. Oh. And I like start freaking out, heart palpitations. But it's John Riley sitting there and he's like, no, that's cool. Just take it from oh the top. Oh my gosh, he scared me more than anything yeah. to audition in front of. Well, I think at that point he was probably just happy to have me audition Bad, again. Because he loved you. Like I, I didn't get the part I wanted. I didn't get the big, bigger part I didn't part get the I part I wanted yeah. either. But I, it was fine. I, I had had a great time and it was really great to get one more time on that stage. I think that was the last play I ended up doing too. Probably since you mm. left right after that. Okay, so uh, yes. we're about to get into the mailbox here. But first up, uh, what's in the box for next weekend? Oh, Marie. And here, actually, here's a, a clue of the musical script, a Hansel and Gretel script that we talked about. Oh, we didn't uh, even good talk woman about set Good song. Woman. Yeah, Good Woman was good insane. Good Woman was awesome. The cast party was insane. There's pictures. Rocky Horror. There are pictures. Uh, oh, air. CSU people. The Illuminati. <laughs> Illuminati. So what is in the, the box The show for that next I week? loved, but that broke me. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> in the box is... 
a piece of paper that, that says, says dun, 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 dun. Nickelodeon, Nicky's Kids. Yes, Nickelodeon. Uh, next week's Universe Box is the podcast where only kids win. Prepare to get <laughs> slimed because we're talking about old school Nickelodeon. What was your favorite Nicktoon? Did you have a crush, crush on Clarissa? 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 Uh, did you like Pete and Pete, Pete or Pete better? Uh, tell us the first time you saw Double Dare. Nickelodeon. Next week on Universe Box. And if you want to send us your Nickelodeon stories, thoughts, memories, your favorite show, anything, anything. Uh, email us at universeboxshow at gmail.com. Tweet us at universe underscore box. The Facebook is facebook.com slash the universe box. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424 424- Two seven four two three five two, and as luck would have it, as usual, our first voicemail is from Bobby. Take it away, ah, Bobby. Thor, it's Bobby. So I've been a fan of theater for as long as I can remember. When I was pr- pretty young, I actually remember trying to put together a production in my neighborhood of Wizard of Oz. I actually went around like casting my friends in the different roles and whatnot, but unfortunately, I couldn't get it funded. But I was in uh, chorus in elementary school. Of course, we did your usual like singing at assemblies. But there were actually a few productions that were put on. And one of the earliest ones I remember doing was in second grade or maybe third grade. But I, it was a production of a Christmas Carol. There were auditions and everything, and uh, I won the part of Tiny Tim. But unfortunately, to I guess trying to be fair to all the students or whatnot. Hey, I would just like to say that I played Bob Cratchit in a Christmas Carol, which technically makes you my son, Bobby. I Instead t- of doing like... Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, I played various characters. <laughs> yeah, I was various characters too. But yeah, but main- none of mine were cool. Yeah. Like <laughs> Understudies or something like that. They actually had a few different roles where they had two different people playing their parts. So there were two different people playing Tiny Tim, which even at the time when I was nine years old, upset and confused me but whatever what upset me even more was like the way they split it up so there's this part in the middle i believe it's the scene when scrooge is visiting uh visited by christmas uh present and he goes to see the cratchit family or cratchit anyway uh, Mm -hmm. i believe tiny tim has like this long monologue uh like blessing scrooge and because it was such a long set of lines i was the one that only one that i could remember it and they had me do that part but they had her do the most famous scene at the end of the line god bless us everyone so Mm -hmm. she learns like three lines and or one line technically you know three words god bless us four words anyway (laughs) another production i remember doing was uh annie i was actually one of the orphans and then once they left the orphans all uh, orphanage all the orphans were off stage in the chorus singing back up to like hard knock life and or you know just the different songs of the play and another moment i had to shine was when i played uh rudolph's little known redneck cousin which i believe has come up on another podcast of yours <laughs> uh, they had me dress up in like a plaid shirt and overalls and a straw hat with antlers coming out of it yes i remember uh, blue nose and then i would stand at the back of the auditorium while the rest of the chorus stood up front and sang buford the blue nose reindeer and it went something <laughs> like this <clears throat> Did you know that Rudolph had a cousin from out west? Every year he wants to be on Santa's team like all the rest. Here comes Buford. Put a hitch in your get along. Can't you speed up? You tag along. That's all I can remember. Fortunately, unfortunately. Anywho, those are my thoughts on theater. Can't wait to hear what you guys' thoughts are, and uh, as well as the thoughts on waiting for Guffman because. Uh, Christopher Guest is one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, our oh, thoughts are amazing. you win the entire episode, Bobby. Congrats. Yes. Yes, we'll stand and clap <laughs> for you with the pipes. 
Excellent. Bobby, you're my hero. Yeah, by the Excellent. way, I know I know the shorts don't go with the tights, but I wanted to protect my modesty and I couldn't find my spare pantaloons. All right, thank you very much, Bobby. You want to read this letter from yeah. Nicole? Okay, this is from Nicole. I grew up in a small town and went to a fairly small high school. We didn't have a huge theater department, but we did put on a fall play and spring musical every year. As a member of the choir my freshman year, I was obligated to be a singing extra. We did the pajama game. I can still sing all the songs. I had fun, but loved the behind the scenes things um, so much more than being on stage. An actor and dancer, I am not. Um, that was the last year I was in choir, but I did help with just about every production until I graduated. I loved building sets, staying late after school, getting high on spray paint fumes. <laughs> I have scars on my fingers from where I was burning, burning the ends of a nylon rope to keep it from fraying. I held the lighter directly under the rope. Melted the ni- melted nylon does not feel good. Such brilliant teenagers we were. Um, I dated the main sta- sound guy sophomore and junior year so i got into the sound running end of things during the productions after sound sound guy moved away i became the main sound guy that didn't really know what she was doing definitely made some mistakes but it didn't go too badly I, I I sympathize with your sound issues. Oh oh yeah, I mm-hmm. Cleveland. I was supposed to like make a gun go off. There was mm. no gun. Somebody just had to die. Well, I was uh, I was more <laughs> referencing tonight's episode. Oh well, tonight is just a whole different but also, kettle of fish. We, we did a production of uh, How I Learned to Drive, where I was not only the stage manager, which meant I was calling all of the lighting cues, but I was also the sound designer and the sound operator. Oh gosh! So I had to do all of that at the same time. It was nuts. Do oh, it all. Do oh, it all. And the projections operator, the projection. Oh. Oh, designer yeah. and caller. There was a lot like of that. cues in that show, too. There were. And I, I did a lot of the behind-the-scenes tech work for Of course it. you did. Pat yourself on the back, Bill Me. Good job. Okay. After high school, I didn't do any anything more in the theater. Looking back, working with the theater productions were some of the best times of high school. Working together, building things, the drama on and off stage, all of the fun inside jokes with the cast and crew, striking the set, strike it, uh, <laughs> cast and crew parties. I would go back and do that part of high school again. Only that part. And banned. Definitely banned. Thanks so much for the podcast. Looking forward to hearing all theater stories. Thank you, Nicole. Yes, thank you very much, Nicole. And Bandy! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, and to wrap up here, uh, we have a few uh, few fun little stories from Hope. Uh, so why don't we oh. go ahead and play that video and then we'll be back here for some takeaways and to wrap up this very extra long episode <laughs> of Universe Box. Hey, Bill and Emery, it's Hope. Um, I'm sorry it's so dark. My, my living room is dark, but I wanted to give you some Universe Box Inception going on because the YouTube app is a great way to catch up with Universe Box. Anyway, your subject this week was theater, and I was a theater major in college, and I've done theater since forever. <laughs> and um, but I wanted to give one of my favorite stories ever of theater because, like you know, while I went through college and did all that theater, probably one of my favorite stories ever was when I was in high school. And we were doing Godspell, and we were doing it a little bit differently. We actually, like, took out the Tower of Babel scene, and we wrote it to where uh, Jesus was a, a city worker and Judas was a social worker, and all the apostles were homeless people. And we rewrote the entire Tower of Babel scene to where it was all about, like, how they became homeless. And some of them had been homeless for years, like... One woman had lost her baby and her husband left her and that made her homeless. While another guy, his wallet got stolen, so he was only homeless for a night. Anyway, it was really fun. It was one of my favorite stories, but I was working props for this show. And the way we killed Jesus at the end, killed Jesus at the end, was that we got had this like road sign as a cross. And we put it up against um, an electric an electric fence and it 
killed him. Um, it's theater. Um, but there was one night where we were running our show, and I was up in the booth, uh, we were, and we were waiting for um, intermission so we could do a props change. And about halfway through the first act, one my stage manager grabbed uh, my arm and went, Where's the cross? And we all looked down, and like where the cross should have been on the stage, we were like, Oh my God, there's no cross. How are we going to kill Jesus? We have no way to kill Jesus. How are we going to kill Jesus? Oh my God, we got to kill Jesus. And so and we were like, okay, okay, it's act one. What we'll do is we'll just go calmly carry a sign out there. Hope you got to carry the cross out there. And I was like, I have to carry Jesus's cross. That thing's really freaking heavy. And so like at intermission, three of us carried the cross out there and like on our backs and put it on stage because it was supposed to be there before the show ever started. And so we got up to the back up to the booth and we started act two and my stage manager reached over me and said, it's going to be okay. We have a way to kill Jesus now. We're, we're good. So that's, that's my, one of my favorite theater stories and I have tons of them from college and yeah, but I just, I love theater. It's what it's in my blood. I've always done it. Um, so yeah, have fun. Enjoy. Universe. Watch it on your YouTube app. This is your coffee show, by the way. I'm catching up. Coffee, 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 coffee. And I'm actually, it's a little bit late, but I'm actually drinking my coffee in my Avengers cup, so. So this is for Universe Box After Hours. So the first story, two quick stories. So we were, in college, we were doing Bat Boy the Musical, and there's always, there's the scene, um... Oh, what's the song? I think it's called, like, Children and Children. Anyway, like, the Pan character comes out, and they go into the forest, and all the animals dance. Anyway, um, in the middle of this dance scene, the that boy and the main girl would run off stage, and they would have a quick change, and they were, quote-unquote, naked, but really they had just, like, uh, nude color stuff, and we would snap little fig leaves over their nudie parts. Anyway, my job was to snap the fig leaf on Bat Boy, and what that entailed was reaching inside his dance belt and feeling all sorts of gross, sweaty man bits. And he would just run off. So every night, for including tech week, through dress rehearsals, through the actual run of the show, it was two and a half weeks, weeks of me feeling sweaty man bits, snapping these fig leaves onto him. And every time... I would stand up after he would like go off, and I would be so professional while doing it because it, it was professional. We'd do it, and he'd run off stage, and I would walk up like a surgeon and go over to my fellow costume person and hold out my hands, and they would squirt like a pile of hand sanitizer, and I would in my hand, and I would just be like, <laughs> so that's my gross one. And then my not safe for work after hour story is, and, we're and then we should cut it. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say if uh, if uh, that that the first story wasn't the not safe for work one, then the second gonna, one probably won't. we're gonna need to cut it for the show. <laughs> but thank you very much, Hope. Thank you, Hope. We will listen to that though, because now I'm yeah, curious. That's the thing about theater too is uh, you you get very personal with people you're in plays oh, with. Yeah. Just like I mean, I, I've helped girls change their shirts like backstage. I was ba- I was like somebody, somebody, help me. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, you get up close and personal. <laughs> very. And that is why so many relationships start in the theater. Very true. Because, very. well, you've already grabbed each other. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, uh, don't uh, grab yourselves. I, I want you to go and grab your computer and let us know your thoughts about Nickelodeon <laughs> for next week's Universe Box. Email us, universeboxshow at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter, at universe underscore box. The Facebook is facebook.com slash theuniversebox. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Send us your thoughts about Nickelodeon. Nickies, kids. Okay, a few takeaways about theater. One, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yes. Theater is a community. Yes. If you go to see a show, make sure you're polite. We didn't get to that. We didn't get to that, but go with it. There can be as much drama behind the curtains as in front of it. And uh, everybody should try it at least once, I think. At least. I think everybody Absolutely. should. If, you, if you've never acted in a show before, what's the harm? Why what's, you... what's stopping you? Put yeah. on a show. Go you only need $100,000. Yeah. You'll be fine. Exactly. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, so, Amory, where can people find you online? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at AMD Simone, and I have all sorts of bloggy stuff at crunchycrafty.com. And follow, follow all that because I've got a lot of guest posts going out mm. all over the internet in the next two weeks. Yeah. And we definitely want to thank our chatters this week. Thank- uh, Angel and Scotty Rowland and Bobby and Nicole was in there earlier and, and Hope Becca was in there. Was in there. Hope was in there. Brett Landry was in there. Yeah, yeah, calling sorry. them out. Yeah, thank you for uh, thank you coming for and sticking watching. with us. Uh, for, for, even with all the tech issues, we'll, we'll have it fixed up for next week. Th- that darn Google Talk plug Google! But if you didn't know, we record this live every Thursday night, 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel where we put out everything we do, as well as a bunch of like short videos that you might not know exist at uh, youtube.universebox.com. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. Okay, well, I guess that's about it. Uh, so let's take a bow. And until next time, remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Do not adjust your computer screen. If your mind were changing, stories set to a theme, think outside, Universe Box.